0: Welcome to the Harvest Australia Podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Pastor Ryan Davis. Thank you so much uh, for all your love and support towards uh, Louise and myself, the family. Definitely feeling the love, definitely um, so thankful that i get to be a part of the family i feel like a real son of the house you know definitely under marty and karen's leadership and uh it's the bonuses that i get to you know um work for the church the youth pastor etc so i'm absolutely loving life and hats off to all the youth pastors hands up youth uh, sorry youth leaders hands up yeah they do an amazing job give them a cheer you know for what they're doing on friday nights so loving it excellent Well, hey. I so appreciate the worship this morning, the atmosphere in he- here, um, the atmosphere of His love, His kindness, and His pleasure. You guys agree? Yeah. Excellent. And uh, so I actually felt um, to, to go with a message that um, has been something that God's been stirring in me, and there's been so much enjoyment that's come out of it. And so the title of my message is that is this, He is well pleased with you. And uh, so I'm just going to actually um, start off with a scripture, unpack it a little bit, and then we'll pray and then share. Sound good? Yeah. Great. Well, why don't you open up with me to Matthew chapter 3, and uh, we'll dive into this. And uh, we've just got a little section at right at the end of the chapter, and uh, it's, um, let's start with verse 15, Matthew 3. Jesus replied, it's only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him. And he saw the Holy Spirit descending out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, shouted. I was really hoping that you'd go, shouted, you know, and actually, yeah, come on. Uh, from the sky saying, this is, my, this is the son I love and my greatest delight in him. This is a passionate Translation. Another version might say, in whom I am well pleased. And he is well pleased with you this morning. You know, uh, the context at the time, it's the Roman Empire. This is in the Jordan. And uh, John is with his cousin, Jesus. They're actually both about my age. Isn't that cool? I'm loving that at the moment. I'm definitely going for it. Yeah, whatever you want to do, Father, do it through me, like in uh, Galilee, etc. But important longer, you know. And so, thankfully, there's no Romans around. I'm glad about that. Every time I see the cops, though, it sends a bit of a like shiver down my my spine. I have to like shake off that false guilt. Am I the only one that has that happen to him? Okay, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so, um, yeah, so Roman Empire, and there they are. And, uh, you know, the Jews have been so wanting and waiting to see the Messiah. And uh, they were just on the edge of their seat. They're thinking probably it's going to be now at this time because if ever there was a time in our history when we are oppressed, where we need the Messiah to show up, it's it's around about now. And so... That time, it's just so revolutionary what John the Baptist did and uh, who, uh, what he was waiting for. He knew that it would be the one that, whom the Spirit descended upon. And so here's this scene. And between Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament, and that time, Matthew, was 400 years and that time is often phrased as the silent 400 years. The silent 400 years. Malachi, they've come back from exile. They've, they've built the temple. There's Nehemiah who's done the wool and Ezra the priest. And, and there's prophets that have been raised up like Zechariah, but he got martyred. And, you know, this time's happened and the Romans emerged. But where's God? Where's God in the future? Where's God's voice? What is our... Purpose now as His people on the earth. It's four hundred years silence, and um, suddenly the heavens open up, and the voice says, "This is My beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." What so? God is the Father, and He's also the Son of somebody, and the Holy Spirit is in the form of a dove. A revolution at this time. Four hundred years. The first time they hear God speak, it's, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. That God has a pleasure flowing out of him towards his Son. And the Son is so basking in the glory of this Father's affection. And the Holy Spirit's all over that. And so this is God, what he looks like, what he sounds like, what he feels like at this time. And it's glorious. It's wonderful. It's it's so uh, um, so approachable, so accessible because Jesus is here. Heaven and earth has collided. There's no sacred and secular sort of division. It's, it's God in flesh and we're looking at Jesus and he's with us and he's about 30 years old. Sound good? Yeah, <laughs> at that time. And we know uh, in Jewish tradition that the father would say at the age of 30, this is my son and That inheritance would be bestowed upon them and they'd be able to exercise and administer that inheritance. Jesus did that in the kingdom economically with supernatural resources of of heaven and uh, that's the supernatural ministry he did. But what I want to emphasize is this theme of this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Just think of that word today. This is the theme, this is the word of the day, pleased, pleasure. And, uh, you know, Jesus immediately got driven out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And the devil says, if you are the son, turn these rocks into bread. And so there he is in this standoff. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's quoting Deuteronomy. What is the word that proceeded? What he had just heard, what he had heard his Father speak from heaven, resounded and echoed in his soul. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So filled and so fed by that affection of the Father in his soul, in his mind, his will and emotion. When Satan says that to him, he did not even flinch. He was not affected at all. He was able to move past that and he didn't have to... um, uh yeah cave to that at all because he's so so strong in that affection and uh the next uh temptation as well you know if 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 you are like if you look at sorry look at all this that i have it's been handed over to me because adam had you know in the given that over to him uh He's there, and if you bow down and worship me, he said to Jesus, I'll give you all this. Again, he knew his inheritance. He's so filled with the pleasure of the Father. And then he was even released from the spectacular, wasn't he? Uh, He he wasn't intimidated by the devil at that time. You know, jump off, and you'll be be proclaimed the Messiah. I think tradition had said that. And he, he didn't feel he had to prove himself. He didn't feel he had to justify himself because he knew he was living before the audience of one. He was living in the pleasure of God. He knew that the Father was well pleased with him. And this became the backdrop of his ministry, the very reference point to every move that he made, every thought that he thought. The cornerstone of his thinking was the pleasure of God that his Father was well pleased with him. And at the beginning of his ministry when the Father said that, he hadn't even done anything yet in his ministry, had he? How good is that? He had not done anything yet. And uh, I love it. And the Father had been watching over the Word in the Old Testament, and that's uh, bringing Psalm 2, the Messianic Psalm, and uh, Isaiah 42, the passage about the Messiah, my servant in whom my soul delights. You know, um, bringing that together and speaking that over Jesus, and bam, here we have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and uh, he's standing in the pleasure of God. And I love that. Let's, let's pray right now. Thank you so much, Father, Lord, that we too have been accepted into the Beloved, like it says in Ephesians chapter 1. We're in the Beloved according to your pleasure. Lord, we pray that you would be big in this room today, Jesus, and that, Lord, um, our souls would, would experience the affection of your soul today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, does anyone love the Chariots of Fire movie? Yeah, come on. I, I would just get, I'm one of those guys that just gets so inspired. Like, I watch Teenage N- Ninja Turtles and I want to be a ninja and that sort of thing. And I just remember like, do, 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 do. And I would just be like, oh, you know. And uh, I just want to go running on the beach and you feel those shivers down your spine. And, yeah, and so I've, I've always loved running and I remember watching that. I think it was one of those Saturday um night movies that your parents let you watch and uh you know pride and prejudice etc and yeah um and so we're watching I, I, I watched this movie right and uh I just knew that it's in my heart it's my destiny to be a runner and there's a famous quote that uh the guy says in chariots of fire and he said I believe God made me for a purpose but he also made me fast and when I run I feel his pleasure and so, um, I would I run and I feel God's pleasure. You know, preaching's good, having the microphone's fun, right? But more than that, like just a running and some simple things like uh, watching what's that show that we've been watching, uh, Fixer Upper, that sort of thing, or tasting Louise's uh, delicious Flurio pantry uh, pasta that she makes. That's a plug for them down there, and that sort of thing, and eating that, and just holding Eliza and uh, rock, uh, yeah, walking her to sleep. I find so much pleasure in those moments. And it's at that moment of, um, of relationship with the Father and union with Him and experience with Him, that's life. Knowing you belong, knowing that He believes in you, I'm well pleased with you and I just want to be with you, that's life. That's where life is. And when you feel pleasure of God, I tell you what, this is what you look like. You look like a son, you sound like a son, and people want what you've got because relationship with Papa and Holy Spirit is what the world desperately wants. He's the desire of the nations, you know? And so, you know, when you're doing something that you're really good at and you experience God's pleasure, you shine, baby. Like, it's, it's exuberating out of you. It's manifesting out of you, radiating out of you, emanating out of you. And that's why I go running. You know, I run from Port Nalunga down to Moana. And it's so fun. I'm, like, feeling it. I'm feeling the rhythm, you know. And, uh, Just seeing people's reactions to me while I run, while I experience the Father's pleasure. Man, I just go in this dialogue and communion with him while I'm running, worshipping. Has anyone seen me run? Sometimes I just like lift up my hands, like worshipping him while I run, and like calling on the name of the Lord and stuff like that. It's so exhilarating and uh, euphoric. And yet seeing people's reactions to me, it's amazing because I don't have to like, um, you know, uh, stop and talk to them. They just see there's something different about that guy. And so you get different looks. You get the, um, like, uh, just, you know, the classic emu. You know when you look at someone and you're not quite on conversation terms with them or and they just go, and you go, you know, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> just do that. Or you get people on Saturday morning, they're really tired and they're just like, you know, a bit of, <laughs> they're just not, you know, you're like, hey. Anyway, that. but you get these people, they, they see you, they see um, this, experience you're having the pleasure that you're enjoying and they're just like smiling at you just even these like tough Aussie bloke kind of guys you know they just and surfies look at me like whoa what is going on with that dude you know um and uh you get the clown like <laughs> you know I see people just astounded probably because I'm running so fast so probably for, a lot because my face is very red as well and uh you know, one time I'd got my hair cut, like, uh, just massively big on top, and, and uh, it, I was feeling super um, loved by God, you know. Not only do I feel good, I look good right now wearing my headband. But then this guy drives past, and he's like, a, a, gu- a couple of guys, and he goes, if I was you, I'd shave it off. <laughs> I was like, ah, ouch. And then, like... And then he's driving down, he's like, driving back the other way, he's like, shave it off. You know, whoa, ouch. Yeah, anyway. So feeling the pleasure of God. Uh, you're just jealous because, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're making, we're making up down south more metro and hipster, so yeah. We're, we're trendsetters. Anyway, enough of that. Um, so experiencing the pleasure of God. And I've got two points, like prophetic points. I just really feel the Father wanting to release for the house. And one is about being liberated by His pleasure. And the other one's about being led by His pleasure. So firstly, let's um, look at being liberated by His pleasure. You know, every time you let the Father love you, because it's about being a receiver in the New Testament, about being under grace and just your ability to receive in, in your heart which is your mind, will, and emotions, being able to receive his love. Every time you hear, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, spoken to you personally. In your mind, right, I'll just get a bit scientific, I believe it actually opens up neurological pathways and um, busts open blockages, right? I know this for a fact because when I was in year 12, I'd had a lot of rejection um, of myself, I'll just leave it at that. Rejection of myself, right? Um, and so I had limited myself by preconceived ideas and assumptions of myself. But when I l- read the Word, I found myself in the Word, and uh, would go and just spend time with God praying out in our free orchard. I would feel that he wouldn't say a lot but I'd feel that pleasure of God you know garden Eden means pleasure and just in the orchard feeling the pleasure and I started to get really smart and creative like it was amazing you know I remember getting full marks and legal studies again and again and understanding concepts in biology and being able to write incredible um uh you know um uh essays yeah <laughs> <laughs> I forget the English buzzword there, but yeah, being able to, to really go for it. And so my mind opened up. And also, when you feel that, when you experience the affection of the Father, baptizing your soul, your emotions, it actually opens up your emotional pathways as well, neurologically. And, uh, and then you get a liberated personality. And this is what happened to me. I started to come out of my shell a lot more, get confidence in myself actually living from God, with God, knowing that he's like, you're my boy, you're hand I love you, mate. Like, just knowing that the father, that he's so relational. And because he's so relational with me, he's relevant with me in every area of my life. Because he's so relational with me, he's relevant in every little conversation I have. He's up to date. Jesus is on point, I'm telling you. And uh, so... I was able to connect with people, embrace people, and simply pass on that. And so when you hear that, it's like my little daughter, you know. When I say her name, immediately, like Anouk, we call her babe, all right, you know. uh, She's like, no, I'm babe. So yeah, (laughs) when we call her babe, it actually opens up. And that's like Abba, you know, son, uh, my boy in South Africa. They're like, my boy my boy, you know, and um, in, uh, yeah, I say my girl, you know, uh, even though it sounds harsh, it com- it's meant to be loved, so just, <laughs> yeah, you experience that love, it actually opens up this um, sudden instantaneous um, release in her personality, so that her identity comes into alignment with who she's designed to be, and every other thing that may have come against her, or suddenly like warped her imagination and blocked her th- thought processes, falls off with just the recognition that, "Hey, I'm with you. I love you." And saying her name, Anuk, bam, straight away. Same for us. And so, like this becomes a lifestyle of, um, n- of not being a product of your environment, but being countercultural, actually. And, and actually being able to influence the atmospheres around you, not being impressionable um, by others but from the Father and then being influential. And so, like, we were at Belair National Park yesterday and Anouk's like, come to the tunnels. Let's go through those tunnels into the dark. And I'm thinking, whoa, you know, I'm scared than she is, you know. And she's going through there and as uh, she's exploring and then she wants to go to the castle as well. And it's just incredible to see that, isn't it? That, that being fathered by God, um, the affection of the, of the Father, liberating our personalities, liberating us. You know, you imagine Adam, Adam, you know. Um, it wasn't like that, nor was it Adam. You know, I joke about Alvin and the Chipmunks when Dave goes, Alvin, you know. At that moment, Alvin's soul was not baptized in love, you know. <laughs> he's, feeling, he's feeling Dave's anger you know, and frustrations, you yeah. know, and Michaela can do a really good chipmunk voice, Theodore, let's get out of here, you know, um, but when the father came looking for Adam, he was like, Adam, where are you? But he was hiding behind fig li- fig leaves, and so with our, uh, with this, we think we're being, liber- sometimes we think we're liberating ourselves by putting up walls or masks or acting like, like others, or, you know, we think, We're not accepted. We reject ourselves, so we compare ourselves with others. Then we act like others, but then we're not fulfilling our identity and then being able to move into our destiny. So Adam's there like with these fig leaves around him. I love how one theologian phrased it. He said, like talking about this conversation with Jesus and his father, how am I going to get in there? Papa, how are we going to get in there kind of thing? And, And Jesus actually came into that. He incarnated himself into us. And, and in that, the cross has destroyed sin, has annihilated sins, has disarmed Satan, has um, dissembled our fig leaves, our wolves, our shame, the things around our heart. And it's done, he's done that through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we are now included in him. That Jesus came not just to take our place, but so we could have his place with the Father. He didn't just die for us. He died as us. And, uh, you know, this is experience, experience, uh, what we can experience today, you know. And this is heaven on earth. This is his kingdom come when we realize sonship. And uh, so Jesus lived this way, didn't he? Wherever he went, he would release the overflow of his relationship with the Father on others. And he would adopt them, so to speak, slash disciple them, slash impart into them belonging. Because you've got to belong before you believe. And he would do that. And that's how I feel about you guys. You guys are my family, you know. Because of the times we've had with the Father here, we then look at each other on the parallel. It's like, you're my sister. You're my brother. I I love you. And you think of Jesus picking these guys, like, this is my beloved, when he... That, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Every interaction had that sound in the conversation as he was talking. I love you. This is you're my son, in whom I. He might not have said those words like you're my daughter, you're my son, but they were hearing that, right? They were hearing that, and 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 they were then feeling included, and not excluded. Like the Pharisees and the other young rabbis at the time, the separated ones would um, actually create separation, would, would, would create uh, a sense of, you're not looking like us right now. Jesus, on the other hand, a young rabbi with his followers, would liberate people to the point that they weren't wearing masks like dark robes. They weren't whitewashed tombs, hypocrites, playing, acting. But they were young men and women that were so extraordinary, so unique, so one of a kind. And uh, in, a, in the right version of themselves, the true you, so to speak, not a perversion of, of something else, but, but this amazing environment. And Jesus would do that. Religion creates spectators, but Jesus Christ through relationship pardon, creates participators straight away. And we experienced it at youth group, like making kids feel like they belong, and then suddenly they believe, you know. And so he's doing this. You imagine that. Like he walks past Matthew. A tax collector who is um, someone who is despised by the Jews because he's like taken a bit of a cut for himself, like probably like Zacchaeus was and he's sold out to the Romans. He's at the tax office. Jesus walks past that guy and says, follow me. And then this guy becomes the person who writes the first gospel. If he went to the lost of the low. Those that didn't measure up, he came right down to that level and met Matthew where he's at. He, and, and then Matthew became the gospel writer. The gospel is grace. The gospel looks like that God is a father and he's the son of somebody and he's in the form of a dove and he wants to come and be with you and make you feel like you belong and he believes in you and he'll bring out your best because that's what discipleship is. That's what sonship is. Come on, I'm talking like Gandalf and Frodo. I'm talking like Yoda and Luke Skywalker, Aslan and, uh, and uh, Lucy. Come on, this is so good. And Tumba and Simba, you know. And uh, Wayne and Irene and Marty and Karen. Marty and Karen and Ryan and Louise. Ryan and Louise, youth leaders, etc, etc. It all comes back to the reference point and and the backdrop. And everything comes out of that of... Um, that he is well-pleased. He is pleased. And if we ever feel out of that slipstream, we just come back into it like we did this morning. And if you stuff up, you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. Let's put it behind us. Because when we follow Jesus, the past is in the past and it stays in the past. And we're looking forward at the feet of Jesus. And if you're Matthew and you're hanging out with Simon the Zealot who wanted tax collectors dead, it doesn't matter anymore because you're looking at your brother through the eyes of Jesus because you've encountered the face of grace staring into your eyes and you've seen your reflection back as him. You're hanging out with Matthew and you're John or Pete and you're a fisherman who worked hard and he's ripped you off. You're walking with Jesus and the past is in the past and that's where it stays. And you're not defined by the past. You're defined by this, that you're a son and you're a daughter and he is well pleased with you, even when you haven't done anything yet. Ha! And then out of that place, grace comes. Out of that place, you fulfill ministry from grace. He liberates your personality, and they're not clones of one another. There's diversity, but unity, expression in their personalities. I love it. I just love seeing their personalities through, through their uh, writings, some of the writings of the, um, the apostles. It's so great. And I'm, I'm here to tell you today, he is well pleased with you. I want your soul to be baptized in the affection of the Father, to damage rejection, to damage rejection. Jesus is not into behavior modification like the Pharisees. He's into soul transformation. He'll transform your neurological pathways. He'll transform your emotional connections because you're going to hear that sound, I'm well pleased with you, far out volume, uh, sounding, any, any word that's been tried to pin on you. He destined you before time began to be a son. Predestined you to adoption. Ha. And so here we are today, adopted. You've already arrived. You've already made it. Even by sitting there right now, you can experience that pleasure, that bliss, that ecstasy, that euphoric feeling, sensation, power of His love. And if you're willing to receive it and stand under it and let that just blast you, I'm telling you, your life will be changed. I'm telling you, there's people in this room, they're, they're going to get see, set free today from, from uh, mental uh, things that have just been going a bit funky out there. You know, why can I say that? Because, you know, I, I have uh, had that been set free, you know, and by being in this family and Marty and Karen really helped me out, I, I came into greater liberation, you know, and experience. And so, whatever's going on with you guys, you can be set free, you know. And emotional is just that. Like, I, this is something the Holy Spirit said to me recently. Like, how, or, not awkward, how, how comfortable can you get with love? I wonder what this house would look like as we follow Jesus, right? How, how comfortable can we get with love? Like, I'm talking about not just handshakes, but maybe if you're a handshaker, moving to the side hug. Maybe if you're a side hugger, get a bit like, you know, you know, and maybe if you're a squeezer, you can do the back slap, Um, my friends had to talk to me and tell me that I was actually hurting Louise, you know, when I was like hugging her, Uh, you know, Um, so yeah, but maybe if you're a, um, a hugger, a squeezer, a slapper, you can go for the kiss, on the cheek maybe the kiss on the lips no just joking that's not really australian at the moment but back then in that context it was, it was fine if you're greek or catholic by all means um so uh you can blow kisses they're good uh all right so liberating your personal life so how comfortable how comfortable can this house get with love Do you, who put up your hand if you're prepared to i'm sounding like a teacher now but who would be willing to experiment over the next year you know like, Kieran, thank you. There's a few, there's a few heads. Let's experience, it. let's practice how comfortable. I mean, Jesus was like putting his chest on John the Beloved's, uh, head on John the Beloved's chest there, like reclining. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Kieran, we can practice later. Uh, <laughs> stir up some bromance, brotherly love, brotherly affection there. So, um, it's so good. Uh, experiencing the pleasure liberating our personality. Pleasure liberates. And pleasure leads. This is the second point and, and last. The pleasure of God will lead you. You know... He knew what to do, where to go because of the pleasure. Like the runner in chariots of fire, feeling the pleasure, that sustaining, that energizing, that fulfilling. The pleasure of God, when you feel that in your mind, will and emotions coming from your spirit, where the spirit of adoption is one with your spirit, you're going to feel so supercharged. It might be prophesying, you prophesy, you encourage, it might be um, giving hospitality. That's what Matthew did when Jesus um, picked him up. He threw a party. Um, and yeah, it might be something like that, but hey, the pleasure of God leads you, and Jesus did this. He was compelled with compassion, and sometimes also constrained by the pleasure of God. He had to go into the wilderness and seek God um, up onto the mountain. He would re, re, uh, sorry, re-draw, withdraw Sorry, uh, to be with his Father, and to hear that again in his soul, to let himself experience that. You know, that To me, that phrase, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, Just there's so much in that, just to hear from the Father. And uh, you can ask him, why? Why are you well pleased with me? And just begin to dialogue with him and see what happens out of that. You know, Jesus would be in a a cultural context like Samaria or with um, upper class people like Nicodemus the the Pharisee. He might be with... uh, a Roman centurion, and he always knew what to do, the pleasure of God, I believe that he would see the Father's love over that person and partner with that. And at that moment, heaven would invade. And out of that reference point of the Father's pleasure, the supernatural would come and the inheritance was released. Does that make sense? And in, as he thought about and felt what the Father was doing in relationship, as he was thinking and feeling that he would be co-creating with the Father, right? Yeah, he wasn't like a magician or a Jedi Knight. It was out of relationship and uh, experiencing the Father's thoughts and feelings that there would be a co-creation that happens. And this was because his emotions were... So his imagination was illuminated and his emotions were liberated. And so he would have been super... Emotional intelligent and creative. How creative can you get in your relationships, guys, to, to make someone feel like they belong? To, how creative can you be like, you know what Jesus felt? He imparted that to others. What you feel in your heart with your relationship with the Father, how creative can you get with different kinds of people to make them feel that as well? Because you can only give what you've got, right? You can't give away what you don't have. So if you cultivate that in your heart, beginning of every morning, I just felt the Father say that over me when I got up this morning. It's awesome. And I say, I go over to Nook and I like love on her in the morning as well. It's so powerful. You know, if you experience that, you'll, you'll release that to others, you know. And uh, it hurt people, hurt people, you know, but heal people, heal people. Releasing that vibe. And uh, I, I love that word vibe. Just like when I'm running, people are feeling the vibe, they probably start... You know exercising harder when they see me running you know uh, and you know when I see Louise cooking I, I just start getting all these flavors bursting in my taste buds and so God wants to you know feel your life in the atmospheres you're involved with, with that Eden experience the pleasure of God he wants you to Edenize and it comes out of relationship yeah and uh I I love that so he was led by um by by pleasure Led by pleasure. I, I'll just share a couple of stories quickly before um, we see what the Lord wants to do. But, you know, Louise and I, we were out on a Saturday family adventure to go down to Glenelg. And we saw this guy look so sad. A young guy. He's carrying like one of those big bags with all looked like his belongings in there. He looked homeless. And uh, I thought, oh, man, I, I, I feel achiness there. And then in, in, within my heart... And so we went to Glenelg, but on the way back, we saw him again, didn't we? And so at the traffic lights, I jumped out of the car because I felt the Father's pleasure. I felt love at the lights and ran across the road and and started talking to him. I said, I'm Ryan, I'm a youth worker, um, in brackets, youth pastor, (laughs) you know, so so he could uh, journey with me. And I got talking to him and uh, found out that he felt unsafe at home. a a young guy named um, Nathan. So we just tracked a little bit together down the street and I got to hear his story. Um, I got to tell him mine. And one thing led to another and I actually uh, shared with him the gospel and he believed and received the Lord. And then he was homeless. uh, So I rang up the homeless agency and connected him uh, with an advocate that got him to a place in the city. I gave him 20 bucks, dropped him off at the train station and he went on his merry way. But that whole time, I just kept feeling the pleasure of God. You know, my imaginations, my emotions just co-creating with the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and enjoying that whole experience. It's actually like this adventure, you know, um, down at Christie's. Another time, this one last um, story, I was uh, down at, um, running down at Christie's Beach and I saw a Maori guy and I just started talking to him and chatting and, I said, my wife's from New Zealand and uh, we just started enjoying relating to one another. It sounded like he's a little lonely and uh, his name's Tani. And so we just started talking and uh, one thing led to another and I just could really see that my conversation about the Lord was really ministering to him and really healing him. And I I told him about culture night. I said, you know, you can get baptized then, um, but I can even baptize you now if you want, like, you know, (laughs) I just was feeling so inspired, and he said, um, "Yeah, let let's do it." <laughs> and <laughs> and so we went down to Christie's beach water uh, front, and uh, there's a lady walking a dog. I said, "Can you watch us?" Uh, he's going to get baptized, and she's like, "Yeah, it's a great place to do it, isn't it?" <laughs> so she witnessed, and I baptized him. And I was oh, the water was so nice. And he came up and uh, sent me a message, and he. he uh, saved me as Pastor Ryan. That that felt really good, you know. <laughs> Not Pharisee Ryan, you know. Um, and it just felt so good that I made this connection with him and um, my bro there, my New Zealand bro. So yeah, you never know what's going to happen. You're going to feel this sudden wave of pleasure to do something, to be compelled to do something. And so, my question to you in terms of ministry today. Um, and ministering, being inclusive, of every area of your life is where do you feel and experience the pleasure of God the most? Start to hone in on there and experience relationship with Him in that place. Where you start to feeling inklings and promptings to move in towards, even in the context of this house, is it hospitality? Is it uh, you know uh, serving in uh, some area of setup or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Just start to think about that now, because we want to build family and and uh, yeah, go speak to Marty and Karen. Are some of the other leaders about that and say, yeah, I want to contribute to this place feeling like Eden. Because, man, when I watch Jeff and all the hard work he does there, and he, I experience the pleasure of God coming from him, and it, I'm, I'm loving it. So, yeah, give uh, Jeff a little golf clap now. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and, and others of you as well, when I see you just relating to one another, I feel the pleasure of God coming up, off of that. So the pleasure of God liberates you. He's well pleased with you, and that leads you. His pleasing power lead, leads you. And uh, so I'm excited. Why don't you stand with me uh, this morning and it's good. I'd invite the worship team to come up front and uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I just really believe that there's a prophetic anointing over the house today, over the house at this season. It's a. Um, Prophetic culture that's emerging in this house of those that prophesy out of sonship, not comparison or competition or wanting to be somebody, but because they are somebody and not trying to become somebody they already are, they're beginning to prophesy out of relationship with the Father, the goodness of God, the pleasure of God. And when they speak forth, it sounds relevant. Because it's relational, it's prophetic, it's cutting edge, it's cultural, cool people get it, if you know what I mean. All kinds of people get it, if you know what I mean. Outcasts understand it, upper class understand it. These young and old prophetic people who the father is pouring out his spirit adoption upon even now will prophesy with clarity, will prophesy hope, optimism. That the atmosphere around them as they relate and build conversation, communication, begins to feel like a father in the midst, smiling, saying, there's my kids, they get it. There's my little daughter, my little son, child-likeness, imagination, relationship, happiness, gladness, laughing. The father, I believe, would have said that like, Jesus would have heard it like laughing. Ha ha, this is my beloved son. Ha ha, in whom I'm well pleased. I just want to invite you now as you're experiencing him to let him come and heal your soul. Let the affection of his soul baptize your soul. His delight, his pleasure just saturate you now, that, that heart, bringing out of you expression and, and, and colour. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.